so many people never launch their podcast because it has to be absolutely perfect. And today I'm going to do something that I've never done in a podcast. You've heard perfect is the enemy of done. And so I'm going to start the show because often I play these at the end. I'm going to start the show with some bloopers. Why? Well, number one, I love to listen to Danielle laugh. And number two, so many people think there are so many people listening and that's why it has to be perfect. And it's my brand. And I get that, but realize nobody's listening when you first start. Yeah, I know. I, there are ways we can kind of change that, but at the very beginning, there's not a ton of people listening unless you already have an audience. And the beautiful thing is you don't have to worry about sounding stupid because there's this thing called editing and all the parts that make you sound silly. Nobody's going to hear unless you do this. And put them at the beginning of your show. Well, no, we'll, we'll plug the one. It's Pod Don. Pod Con. There we go. Is your yeah, Pod Don. Fawn. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> We're going to do that again. You ready? Yes. Okay. Any more? Uh, Any more? <laughs> yeah. Alexa, stop. <laughs> oh, she can't hear me. Alexa, stop. I have to take, I have two in here. <laughs> Crap, and it totally, this is why, <laughs> note to self, kill Alexa. I lost my thought. So there you go. You don't have to worry about sounding silly or unprofessional because you can cut that kind of stuff out or put it at the beginning. I would typically I put that kind of stuff at the end of the show. That is Danielle Desir. She's done something that only other people think about doing, and that is I have a sizable Facebook group, and I'm going to move it. Now, why would you move your Facebook group? Because if you're like me, you're hearing more and more clients say stuff like this. I mean, there's Facebook ads. I know some people are doing that. And Facebook, that's- I'm so down on Facebook. It seems like everybody I know is more down on Facebook just because of what they show, what shows up on their scroll. We're talking community, how to build it, how to keep it and how to engage it. Hit it, ladies! The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting Sense 2005. I am your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you are new to the show, this is where I help you plan, launch, and grow your podcast. Thanks for joining me on my mission to rid the world of boring podcasts. My website it's schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER. That's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R when you sign up for either a monthly or yearly subscription. Today, I have Danielle Desir on the podcast. She's amazing. She really is. And it's one of those things where the more I researched her, I was like, why is it taking so long to have her on the show? She's an author. She's a podcaster. She's a freelance writer. She does the thought card. That's a kind of a travel, how to travel on a dime kind of thing. And she's also one of the people behind Women of Color. And normally I would never do this because I know you want to get to the Danielle stuff. So do I. But this is going to be super quick. Question of the month. I need it by this Friday. If you want to be on next Monday's show, the question of the month is, can you achieve podcasting success without being a celebrity? Now, be sure to mention your show and your website slowly, and you can either answer pro or con. I'm looking for your thoughts on this. And then the other one is, if you're a person that is looking to or is already doing that whole getting paid in Bitcoin for people listening to your show, 
go to leadingthebleeding.com slash meeting. That kind of rhymes. Leadingthebleeding.com slash meeting. Leadingthebleeding.com slash meeting. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. And there'll be more information about that. Everything we talk about today, schoolofpodcasting.com slash 789. One quick mention, the show is brought to you by PodPage. Go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash try PodPage. If you'd like to make a brilliant, awesome looking website for your podcast, I'll tell you more about that. But I want to get to Danielle. Here's the cool thing about Danielle, and I'm probably going to break into this interview to point this out. So many people, again, are trying to get perfection. And look, we want to aim at perfection. I'm not saying don't aim at perfection, but when you miss perfect, you land on really, really good. And the thing I loved about Danielle as I was editing this episode last night is this is a person who could have quit. She could have quit many times and instead said, okay, that didn't work. What can we learn from this? And then use that experience to make things better. She is a doer. There are a lot of people that listen. Danielle is a doer and we're talking building community, shaping community, and then moving forward with your community by giving them what they need. Danielle, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Longtime listener, huge honor. Really appreciate it. Well, we always kind of run it when, when we're allowed to be in the same room with each other. I know you've talked at DC Podfest and all these other great places. And let's back up a little bit. Well, first of all, why did you decide I want to start a community? It was by accident. So in 2018, Spotify had a sound of bootcamp opportunity that they actually have every year now. Mm-hmm. But that was the first year, and they were specifically looking for newbie women of color podcasters. So I applied all willy nilly. And at the bottom of the questionnaire, they said, What do you want to see changed in the podcasting industry? I don't know. I just love listening to podcasts. But I could assume that there weren't many women of color podcasters or spaces. Because when I was looking at the top 100 on Apple Podcasts, I didn't see very many women who looked like me. So I said in the application, kind of, I would love to see it formed. Not Danielle to form the community, but (laughs) to see it formed. Fast forward, the day Spotify was supposed to announce the winners, I was on Twitter, like I always am, looking to see if I was one of the 10 people selected. And while we were waiting, I just saw hundreds, if not thousands of women talking about the same bootcamp opportunity. So I created a Twitter list, but unfortunately, I just felt the community aspect was lacking on Twitter lists. Like I could see what they're talking about, but I can't interact with them. Mm. So I created a Facebook group and I told everyone on the Twitter list to join me on Facebook and it builds momentum over time. Interesting thing to also mention is that Spotify did not get back to us on that day, the May 1st date. Mm. It took them a couple of weeks and the delay was because there were 18,000 applications. Whoa. Only in America, only in America, women of color who were new had an interest in starting a podcast. So 18,000 had always been like my reach goal. Like, wow, I would love to capture what Spotify had captured back in 2018. We're not there quite yet, but there's a large community out there of people who want to start a podcast for sure. So she looked for her community, didn't see one. Spotify launches this thing. 18,000 people come out of the woodwork. And Danielle says, oh, there are people that are not being served because I don't see a community. I guess I'll make one. How many people were in this community at its top, top, top level? At its peak, we had 4,400. Dang, that's a lot of people. 
Yes. Okay. And we shut it down. And we shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's when I was like, because most people are like, you did, wait, you did what? Yeah, you'll hear. She tried a bunch of things and it wasn't quite doing what she wanted it to do. And Danielle has an advantage that most people don't. And you kind of go, hmm, is there anybody that's even interested in this? And Danielle had seen 18,000 people that should be in her community. And that's cool because most people are like, I, I don't really know. I know there are a lot of people out there, but you've like, no, no, I've seen them. I, they do exist. <laughs> Yes, for sure. For sure. So what have you been doing to grow your audience? When you start off, you get some people's trickle in. You're like, all right, this sounds cool. And how do you inspire people to go tell a friend? I think what made this community special is because we had a lot of interaction outside of the Facebook group. So we would have Zoom calls and we would have like check-ins and meetings and, and town halls. So the Facebook group was a great place for us to connect and have like one-off questions and answers, Mm. but we try to meet in person or meet virtually as often as possible. And also as a community leader, I was very transparent. I was like, I am not uh, a guru. (laughs) I am a new podcaster, just like everyone else here. And here are my pain points. Here are my struggles. Let's talk about it. Let's work together. So being vulnerable was really, really um, important. And again, thinking of the group more of a true community that let's say if I was going to go to like a church or like an after-school event or something in my local neighborhood versus like a Facebook group that I don't really engage with or really think about on a day-to-day basis. How did you get them talking to each other? What I try to do is I try to create a cadence in the group where I had a variety of different threads. And I always knew that I did not want to be the sole leader where everyone's depending on me because I knew that as we grew, my energy would be zapped. So I usually set up the week with a goals thread. So what are your goals for this week? Everyone's excited on Monday to talk about, you know, what do they have coming up? And then at the end of the week on Friday, everyone wants to promote themselves. So we had a thread specifically for self-promotion. So that became a cadence of goal setting Mm. and being able to promote. And in the beginning, we were definitely talking a lot and like trying to develop some conversations, maybe asking some basic questions. Uh, But after a little while, it just became organic. This was the place where they felt comfortable to come and ask questions. And I was very, very minimally involved at that point. By having a set day that people can just go bonkers and promote themselves, did that then eliminate people promoting themselves like all the time? And, you know, we've all been there. Like, did that, yes. did that seem to cut that down then? Yes, it did cut it down extremely. Like it was, it was very minimal. And everyone in the group knew Fridays is the day. So do not post because you're going to make us all look bad. <laughs> so <laughs> it became like this, like the culture that we set, the tone that we set. And we didn't, even regulate that Friday post. It was like, please, anything you want, you're able to just keep it organized in this one place. So we're not bombarded by spam. And I also reminded the members also that, remember, we're not your target audience. We are your peers. We are your cheerleaders. We are here to support you, but don't rely on us as listeners of your show, first and foremost. Yeah. We might be able to give you some feedback, but in the end... Like if somebody asked me about, I don't know, I'm doing a NASCAR podcast. I'm like, I don't watch it. I can't, I got other things to do than watch people turn left all day. I'm like, I just, it's not my thing. (laughs) So, you know, go find a NASCAR group and ask them. Yeah. How do you have almost 5,000 people in a group and keep your sanity? Yeah. So originally it was just me 
and a co-moderator. And at a certain point, we were exhausted, even though the group was run fairly well. But we Mm -hmm. knew that in order for us to expand, we needed to build up the team. So we had the idea of, at this time, I think we were about two years in, we said, why don't we do some type of mentorship program where aspiring Facebook group admins could learn under us? Because at that point, we had a really well-oiled machine and we would do a rotation. So we'll say, okay, for this quarter, we'll train you up. You can practice. And if you want to stay on, you can be a team member. If you don't want to stay on, you don't have to be a team member. And we had an official application process. So it really became this uh, exchange of of knowledge, transferring knowledge, Mm. because we couldn't compensate them, but we could train them to show them, okay, this is how a well-run Facebook group looks like and feels like. And pretty much everyone who signed on as a mentee actually stayed on as a moderator till the very end of the, you know, we closed down the Facebook group in May. Well, you, you mentioned that you weren't able to pay these folks. And I know at some point you were like, okay, we got, you know, some people in here. Let's see if we can at least find something to, to make it a little bit worth the time we're putting into this. What did you try? Cause obviously we've already let the cat out of the bag. You did shut down the Facebook group. So what did you try and what didn't work and what almost worked and what was the story on that? Oh, I tried so many things. Uh, it's so embarrassing, but we tried accountability calls, mm. uh, small nominal fees to, to join that didn't get any traction. I tried one-off workshops that also didn't get much traction, even Patreon. I did Patreon Mm -hmm. and we would put it on the Friday threads. Like as you're posting, please consider nothing Nothing at all. So no Patreon support came through. Uh, But I had this like idea. I was like, what if a small fraction of my folks would want to work with me in a smaller container and I could help to really close some of the gaps. And there were three gaps I saw. What are the things that I know if I had the funds, I could provide to my members? So one of them was accountability. So if I could get to know folks, I would try to keep them more accountable. Number two, if I had the funding, I would bring on experts to come in and teach us about the topics that we were struggling with. But no one wants to come speak for free, right? Right. Especially the top tier speakers. Like we have to have a budget for that. So learning became um, number three. And then the fourth was, the third actually was having a resource library where how about if you didn't have to go to the Facebook group and ask a bunch of questions because we actually did a one hour training with this amazing expert and we have worksheets and stuff and you don't have to Google as much because there's a place, there's a, a resource library for you. What would that look like? And I pretty much said, okay, I'm going to run with those three ideas. Those are the gaps that I definitely feel like I need. And I packaged that into the membership. And I was so nervous to launch this again after so many failures, so many offers that went flopped. So I priced it at $15 per month with all those things included. And folks started trickling in. And I was like, you know what? That's it. That's it. But there's a certain point where you start thinking, is the Facebook group truly a lead generation to making sales for membership? Mm. And that was really big to deciding to close it down. Cause I think a lot of Facebook group owners think that, oh my gosh, there's a, there are a bunch of warm, hot leads in here. I say that they're actually colder than we think. They're especially if they've never paid for anything before. 
the thing that you want to do is go into Facebook, click on groups, and see how many groups you've subscribed to. I guarantee you, you're going to be like, wait, what? I've added over time, but those are the three core principles. Right. Um, and it's easy to rattle off too. So people remember, oh, I am going to have an accountability call. I have an expert coming in every month. So those were easy to remember as well. And so how did you go about announcing, hey, everybody, thanks so much for being here in the immortal worlds of every bartender at 2.30. Don't know where you're going, but you can't stay here. Yeah, that yeah. was okay. <laughs> so I think how I communicate with my audience, especially women of color podcasters, is raw and in the moment. So I had put on paper a date that I wanted to reveal that we're closing down the Facebook group because we didn't have any resources and it was just, I'm just getting tired of Facebook as well. I had a date in the future, but then one day I woke up and I was like almost to tears. I'm like, I'm so stressed out. I got to let these folks know that we're closing down the Facebook group. So I wrote down this huge heartfelt in the moment post about how I felt, what I see with the membership and how we can grow. And I just submitted, you know, hit send and it was there. It was out in the open and it was shocking, but all the comments were positive. I'm so happy for you guys. Keep going. I can't wait to join. There were actually no negative comments under the thread. Maybe it was like a group think mentality where all everything is positive. So you don't want to be the only one person being a negative, <laughs> negative person. But it's like the elephant in the room that maybe a lot of us were feeling, but we just didn't know how to say it. And we were so used to it being this way that we couldn't think of anything beyond this. Where did you move to? What tool are you using now to manage your, the community? I want to back up a bit and say what sure. are the two tools that I was considering. Okay. So I was looking for a white label platform where I can fully customize it. And the members had more privacy than face, Facebook, like peeping on them. Yeah. So two platforms I looked at was Circle. Mm -hmm. and Mighty Networks. And it's great because I am also part of Mighty Networks community. So I knew the back end of what it looks like. It has a really good course interface and all of that. A little cluttered, a little cluttered for me and my taste. And then I found Circle. So there was a free trial period and I pretty much built the entire platform <laughs> during that free trial to see if I liked it. And I had actually a couple of the paid members from the membership join as like test subjects to see mm. if they liked it and they enjoyed it. And any questions they had, I went off and I created assets to help them guide them. And here again, you know, I got to jump in to point that out. What did she do? She did a focus group. She got a small group of people and said, hey, I want this to accomplish this. I want you to feel this way. I want you to do this after seeing this stuff. And then she said, yeah, this seems to be working. It's a focus group. And that means you have to be ready to have somebody go, eh, this isn't really, hmm, huh. you got to be open to feedback. But Danielle was, everybody's like, yep, this seems to be working. And she moved forward. But never forget to get that focus group. Get feedback from somebody you're not related to, somebody you didn't grow up with. So for me, I really love Circle because it, it feels like a Slack group where you have the channels to the left, but it feels also like Facebook where you have threads and you can DM people or not. You can say, no, no, no DMs at all. 
and it still feels familiar. There's an Apple app you can have on your phone as well. No, not Android right now, but I just loved how clean it felt and how intentional that if you want to communicate with us, you have to intentionally go to this place, but they also integrate to your website as well. So you can have it in, you know, the same URLs, your website, like you can have it built into your website platform. So there's just all these integrations and customizations that I really loved and the privacy. So that's the reason why I pick circle. I will never probably leave circle. I really do love it and enjoy it a lot. Yeah. I actually have, I've bought it. I'm not using it yet. I'm actually, I bought it more for the, they have a ton of tutorials on like how to build and grow a community and things like that. But the thing I love about it that I was like, oh, that's cool is I can go in and exactly what you said. I can say, all right, for this particular area, you guys can DM for this. You can't see that. If you click on this, you can see that. And then the other thing I that I was like, that's cool is you can or not up to you have it send out a newsletter that says, here's what we're talking about in the community if you haven't been there for a while. So... Hey, in full transparency, if you go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash 789, turns out Circle has an affiliate program. So if you're thinking of using this tool, I would appreciate you going to schoolofpodcasting.com slash 789 or schoolofpodcasting.com slash circle. Obviously, you got some people to trickle in. They gave you some feedback. You improved based on that feedback. Would you say now that the activity in the group is the same, less or more? than before? I think because the members, like the community members is a smaller group. So we have about 300, 350 Mm. now. So it's so much smaller than the 4,000 group, but that intentionality and the conversations and the willingness to actually go out and help each other and actually listen to each other's podcasts. And, and some of those things that it's so hard when you have a huge, massive community, I think it's richer in that sense, less people, but the conversations are richer and I'm not necessarily prompting them. Like I don't have any threads going on anymore. You know, they've been in this space for so long. So it's kind of this natural place where we can come and hang out. So less people, but richer conversations for sure. Yeah. I always think of, I've seen pictures of, of rivers out in like Arizona and they're really super wide, but they're also about three inches deep where you have gone much more, it's not as wide, but it's much deeper. And I know when you say, and it does sound like a smaller number, 350 versus the 4,000, that is 17 and a half classrooms. Uh, my background in teaching, I, I can divide anything by 20 and go, okay, that's 17 and a half. And I mean, that's more rooms than the last place I worked at. We had a whole floor and we didn't have anywhere close to 17 rooms. And those are people that you know, it's great. They have the app. So it's, you have people there that want to be there, not somebody that, oh, said, oh, this might be cool. Subscribe to a Facebook group and then never came back. Hey, and speaking of community, you know, who gives you tools to make it super easy to communicate with your audience pod page. That's right. Built into pod page is voicemail. That's right. If you're using something like SpeakPipe or any of the other services, it's built into pod page. What if you want to grow an email list? You actually have a form right there and you can integrate with things like MailChimp and the other ones that I can't remember and Constant Contact and ConvertKit and all the other ones they are there. Or if you don't have a list, you can just gather the email addresses and then import them into some obscure email client that you've decided to use. It's all about making it easy to build a very functional 
great looking website without being a giant nerd. Not a bit of code is needed. In fact, I found out that if you put your name into the integration with Buy Me a Coffee, it puts a little button at the bottom where people can easily buy you a coffee. Another way to interact with your audience. Now, when I talk about PodPage, there are many ripoffs of this product. You want to go to the real PodPage, and you do that by going to schoolofpodcasting.com slash try PodPage. Don't be fooled, in this case, by actual cheap imitations. Go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash try PodPage. What have you added since you moved? Because you said that's where you started. And what did you add, and how did you know to add those? Yes. So there are two things that I offer now in the membership. So we have two tiers, a membership, which is usually a monthly fee and an annual fee. And then we have the community, which is more replicating the Facebook group. So there's just a one smaller annual fee. In the membership, we've actually added audits. So time and time again, I noticed that podcasters either didn't have websites or had janky websites. So we actually now have an in-house resident website auditor and we have small groups. Uh, We come in every month and you can get your website looked at by a professional. So that has been great every month. Like as soon as I email about that event, it's like sold out. Like it's like three people, boom, that's it. They're because they're again so excited that you could get to meet with a professional. And then similarly, Instagram is usually primarily the social media of choice. Mm-hmm. So we have also an Instagram specialist that comes in and does small group audits as well. So offering these like things that we know that your members need. And I pay these folks, right? This is coming out of the budget that we make. But again, it's like I can offer a a more robust service. And it's more than just a learning platform. It becomes something where I can learn and also get feedback and implement and grow and see some changes happening in real time. Did you hear that? Hit the 30 second rewind on that. That is the heart of a successful podcaster. They're focused on their audience. They're willing to sacrifice some of the profit to provide better services that will lead to a better experience that will lead to their audience telling people about their community. That's the heart of a successful podcaster serving their community first. So not so much the auditors, but the actual other members of the community. Do they actually give constructive feedback? I wouldn't say they give constructive feedback. It's more of the support. Like I actually took the time to listen to your episode. And what's great is that in Circle, you can actually embed your podcast player in there. So everyone just embeds it and they're just listening while they're in circle, while they're in the community. So that's really, really nice. But offering feedback sessions, like just let's listen to your episodes. That could be another something that I add to the membership. It's just endless opportunities when you have funding, when you have some money in the bank, you can do so much more. And that's just one. I read this on your website of your 17, 17. (laughs) It was 12 recently and it just exploded. Okay. So I got to ask, because on your website, it says you had 17 streams of income. And I was like, okay, you've you've figured out some that maybe I've never heard of. So I was like, I got to ask you about that. So some of these are travel focused because I am a travel content creator, but I'll, I'll share some of the ones that are really exciting to me. So grants, 
is one of the income streams that I think a lot of podcasters don't think about. And I've actually won four grants for my podcast. And let's, so, can, can I jump in there? Yeah. That's not an easy thing to do. Ooh. I, I know people that have gotten grants and you got to jump through a lot of hoops and you got to know who your audience is. It's like, so when you got four of those things, I applaud. That's That's an amazing feat in itself. And I think if you do want to consider grants, it's a mindset shift. Like if as a podcaster, you are a small business, which means you qualify for the small business grants. And there are tons of them out there, especially from 2020 and the economic impacts. There are lots of grants available to small businesses. So apply, apply, apply. Did you hear that sound? I (laughs) I just heard about 3000 light bulbs go off. Like, oh, oh, I didn't even think of that. So, so that's, that's another one. Awesome. Keep going. Another one that I truly love, and it's definitely way more passive, is website ads. So personally, I love the website ads because again, it's passive income from traffic and you have control over the kinds of ads that you're going to see and also where it's placed as well. So if you're building your website and you're building your brand and you have a good amount of traffic, you could use um, a Zoic or She Media is another one. That or Mediavine, if you have even more, those can be options for you. Um, website ads, definitely. My other income stream that I really love is actually master classes and workshops. So I don't like calling them courses. I like calling them master classes and workshops because we're going to spend a few hours on a single transformation. So I'm going to teach you one thing, not the entire kitchen sink and throw everything in there. I really do like that. And I like offering them live so that I can get feedback. And once you are at a good place where you feel like the masterclass is a solid masterclass, you can add it to the checkouts of all these other products that you're selling um, and upsell them or downsell them. Um, So using your masterclasses and workshops, I love, I love, love, love them. Not a big fan of courses, but I do like. I'm laughing. (laughs) I do like it. Because I was having somebody look at some of the stuff I'm building and I put... uh, something like new student orientation. He's like, dude, like I understand your backgrounds in teaching, but get get the get the word orientation out of there. He's like, how about start here? That would go. So yeah, the term, nobody likes courses because you take courses at college or school or whatever you're going to where a master class sounds much more fun. And another one that I like a lot is virtual summits. So this one's a big lift. But I'm a big fan of putting together virtual summits. And 2020 was like the year of the virtual summits. But there are lots of even like using Zoom, like summits that I do are just Zoom. You just it's a reliable software. So that could be a really good place to start. Well, please plug the one you have. It's podthon.com. Podthon.com. There you go. Yes. It even yes. rhymes, which is kind of cool. So exactly. Uh, and we're actually going to be uh, launching a woman of color podcaster summit in uh, the spring. So again, if you have a community, you can bring them all together virtually or in a in-person conference. So summits could be a good layup. Nice. Okay. So another income stream that I love, I really do love, and this is also good for thought leadership is freelance writing because I'm entrenched in the podcasting industry. I love freelance writing for larger publications where I could lend my knowledge, align myself with those big brands and also get paid. So freelance writing, definitely consider that. My newest income stream is podcast marketing coaching. So there are lots of podcast coaches out there, but I realized I really love the marketing. 
Like that to me is like really, really fun Mm -hmm. getting your word out there. Um, So coaching has been something new for me. Um, And then the last thing I would say here is speaking. As you're building your thought leadership, you will get hit up for speaking gigs. So making sure that you say your rates when appropriate, that could be another income stream as well. Yeah, because when you uh, somebody said, well, you get paid in exposure. And, and I forget who told me this, but they said, yeah, people die of exposure. And I was like, <laughs> I'm, I'm taking that. So <laughs> as I kind of researched you, you paid off a student debt an insanely short amount of time. You were a professional dancer. You've done all these things. You're not afraid of sacrifice. How, where did you learn that? Ooh. Now that's a good question. Oh, that's a great question. I think when I was younger, I said no to a lot of things and opportunities. And there was one day I woke up and I said, I don't want to miss the boat on something because I was either lazy or just so afraid. I want to be an opportunist in the best sense, right? In in a good sense, not like being a mood shirt or anything like that. But I want to see an opportunity, assess it and give it my shot, give it a best try. So when I close on the Facebook group, if no one signed up, I'd have been like, okay, well, I gave this a good try. And there's, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I think that resilience and that grit, just being able to just wanting to see what's next. When I open the door, what's behind that door. And then I can make an assessment if I want to continue or not. I read this really wonderful book last year called The Dip. And it really opened my mind to be like, sometimes we push through when we know we wanted to quit a long time ago versus like, there's a dipping point. It's a really good book to, to read. And it's a really short, it's like an hour or something like that. So now I'm able to make quicker decisions and assess, okay, I'm going to give it a shot. And if it works out, great. If it doesn't work out, no hard feelings. It's not personal. Keep moving. What's the best story you have from the thing you tried that was like, well, that didn't work. Ooh. Okay. So I have written a, quite a few books and I was like, what if would be cool if I had like a writing program, like a write, like intensive where we would all write together. And at the end, we would all have a finished manuscript together. And I got a couple bites and no one actually ended up signing up. And I could have let that defeat me and got deflated, but I didn't. I just said, okay, it just didn't work this time. And maybe I'll bring it up again. But then it always happens this way that months later, someone hits you up and says, hey, what about that writing program that you offered? I'm like, you didn't sign up when I asked you to. (laughs) You're like, no, it's gone. It's missing. It's missing. So sometimes it's not a good time right now for people to buy into your idea, but don't get discouraged. Keep it in a book, you know, your book of ideas, and you may end up coming back to it when the time is right. Yeah. Sometimes no is not no. It's not now. If you are new to Danielle, she can pretty much help you with anything. She's an author. She's a podcaster. She's a marketing person. She knows how to build a community. She knows how to, I love the fact that you shut it down. Cause so many people be like, what? And you're like, nope, that's awesome. I love that. And she's got a financial background. So she'll figure out how to do it and not have you go broke. So Danielle, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, Dave. Oh my gosh. I remember 
we first met, you came into my my session at DC Podfest. Okay. And I remember you and Chris came. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that's Dave Jackson. He's coming to my session. So truly, this has been such a great honor. I'm really, really happy, excited. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And of course, you can find Danielle at Danielle Desir. And that is D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E-D-E-S-I-R. Dot com. You got all our social right there on the front page or just go to school of podcasting.com slash seven, eight, nine. But wait, there's more after I press stop. This happened. Recording stopped. Was, I'm quitting my job in two weeks. I didn't mention that on the podcast. Well, I didn't but. hit. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't hit stop on the broadcaster yet. Can I keep that in? Yes. Yes. I'm uh, here. Yeah. I'm leaving in two weeks after eight years. So. Wow. Yeah. And how does that feel? It's amazing. I realized that I've been doing creative work for six years, but my mindset was so off. I never believed in myself. Last year, I was like, I believe in myself. Let's try. And now it's happening in two weeks. So the mindset piece and the belief in yourself is like so, so, so important. So that mindset, again, is often, oh, I need the motivation to start a podcast. So I can have the confidence to start a podcast. And I'm here to tell you that is backwards. Figure out who your audience is, then start your podcast. And when you see it in Apple Podcasts, your self-confidence will be like, holy cow, I just did something that many people think about and never actually do. And you'll be proud of yourself. And I'll be right there leading you on, giving you a standing Ovation. A couple quick things I loved about that talk with Danielle is number one, she set the rules for that Facebook group. She's like, here's what we do, here's what we don't do. And that really kept down the chaos. And that's really the same with a podcast. The beginning of your podcast is so important to say, hey, here's what the podcast is, here's what it's about, here's who it's for, here's who I am, and here's what we're talking about today. And at that point, the person listening is like, oh, yeah. I'm in the right spot. The other thing is 8% of her group followed her to the part that you had to pay for. And she was having deeper, more memorable conversations and helping people with the 8% than she was in the Facebook group. And that's where I say again, go to Facebook and see how many groups that you've subscribed to. And it's way too easy to subscribe to a Facebook group and never go back. What you have when you have somebody paying for a group where you're delivering service is you have people who really want to be there. The last thing I really love about Danielle is you heard her say, oh, this is so embarrassing, but you heard her try this. Let's try that. Let's try this. Oh, that didn't work. Oh, this kind of worked. Oh, what if we tweak that? And she never gave up. She just kept pushing through. And so your attitude, again, going back to that mentality, your attitude towards, can I put up air quotes here? Failure is really not failure. It's just a lesson on your road to success. So again, links to everything we talked about out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 789. And you know who else is growing their audience? When you try something new, you're going to end up with either a new skill, a new story, or a new lesson. Hopefully, you'll get all three. Glenn the Geek Hebert from the Horse Radio Network, well... He packed up his show and hit the road to hang out with his listeners. Take it away, Glenn. 
Hello, Dave and fellow SOPers. Glenn the Geek here from the Horse Radio Network at the end of week three of the HRN Roadshow, visiting listeners in 14 states over 3,200 miles in our RV. Last week, I joined you from Dave's studio. This week, we are back in the travel trailer after having the largest listener meetup yesterday here at Haviland Hills Equestrian Center in Damascus, Maryland. This week, we recorded our daily show from a campground in Ohio, from a listener's home in the mountains of Pennsylvania, and from the cab of the truck in the parking lot of a liquor store in Butler, Pennsylvania. The tech has been working pretty well for recording. The biggest challenge we still have is finding good internet for recording and uploading files. My co-host is in Oklahoma, so we still need to connect to her through Skype. We have to find a good internet connection for that. I've already maxed out our Verizon Wireless Unlimited plan, which really isn't unlimited. And I wish I'd gotten an AT&T hotspot as well. That would have helped along the trip. But some takeaways from this week I think uh, that you'll find interesting is during this trip, we have met 100 to 200 listeners so far and really have been able to ask them what they like and don't like about the shows and the segments we do. It's been interesting to hear all the opinions. I tend to discount the one-off opinions, but really pay attention to something I hear three or more times. Dave always says, ask your audience. We just took that to kind of an extreme. During the five weeks on the road for our daily show, Horses in the Morning, we are only doing interviews with listeners we meet on the road. The feedback has been so positive. Listeners like hearing about other listeners because they can relate to other listeners. You don't always have to have a big-name guest. I, you know, I believe that every horse person has a story. When we started this 12 years ago, I said, you know, every horse person has a story. It's our job as the host to help them tell that story in an entertaining or educational way. That's your job. That's your job as a host is to help your guest tell that story. Finally, this road show is fully sponsored, and we'll make a little bit of money on the trip. But you know what? It's so satisfying to go into listener barns and to see our sponsors' products, and then to hear them tell you about it and to say that they heard it on the show, they tried it, and they loved it. At that point, I always get out my phone and record a quick testimonial and tell them to say exactly that, why they like it, they heard about it on the show, and then we take those testimonials and we use them as the next commercial that's coming up. That is the most effective advertising that we can provide for our sponsors, is actual testimonials of people that heard about it on the show and then tried it. So I just heard from one of our sponsors this morning in an email. He said, we have been getting responses and sales while you were out and about. They usually say they are HRN listeners, and we thank them for that. Bottom line of this whole thing is don't be afraid to try new things. Some work, some don't, but when they work, it's amazing. Talk to you next week from Pennsylvania. See you, Glenn. Have fun in PA. And I love this clip so much because it's so Glenn. Think about this. Number one. It's got to be thrilling to see a product in the hands of your listener who is happy with the product because then you did the right thing. You are, again, serving your audience. But also think about how easy it is to gonna, to have that sponsor re-up their contract when they go, look, advertising on my show works. Listen, it actually worked. That was such a Glenn thing. I loved it. There is only one way to know if an idea is going to work, and that's to throw a saddle on it and take it for a ride. My thanks to my buddy, Glenn the Geek Hebert, for sharing his insight from the road. Find Glenn over at horseradionetwork.com.
And of course, if you want more ideas based on, I believe I interviewed 70 different podcasters on how they monetize their podcast, check out my book, Profit From Your Podcast, available at, you guessed it, ProfitFromYourPodcast.com. I am doing something new. I'm going to be closing. I have to figure out one of my podcasts has to go. There's only 24 hours in a day. But I am launching a podcast that probably will last maybe three to six months. It's called Leading the Bleeding. It's about leading the bleeding edge of combining podcasting and cryptocurrency. And what's fun about it is I don't care. Here's what I mean by that. What's the why of the podcast? Why am I doing this? Because I don't understand it. So you don't have to be an expert. And we're getting like a round table of people and we're like, hey, can somebody explain this wallet stuff to me? Hey, can somebody explain nodes to me? Can somebody explain this click hub something, whatever? You don't have to be an expert to start the podcast. In this case, I really don't care about monetization. I don't care about charts. I just want to understand this so that I can come back to you and instead of saying, hey, come join the bleeding edge, say, hey, we put a Band-Aid on it. It's much easier to now participate. I've been playing with an app called Fountain that makes it easy to basically stream crypto to your favorite podcasts. And I got to say, it's kind of fun. It's a different experience when you're listening to a podcast and you know that you are giving them money back. The longer you listen, the more money they earn. Now, granted, this is often a very, very, very small amount of money. But if you get a bunch of people doing that, so if you want to check it out, leadingthebleeding.com. And again, we're having our first meeting on September 2nd at 9 p.m. Eastern. Check it out, leadingthebleeding.com slash meeting. Also, don't forget the question of the month. Go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash question. I need that by the 27th of September, 2021, because the next Monday is when it will come out. And lastly, I do appreciate you listening to the show. If you want to start a podcast or if you already have a podcast and you need help growing it, I can help with any of that over at schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, when you sign up for either a monthly or yearly subscription. Until next week, take care, God bless, class is dismissed. 